0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at. We're going to have a big focus on the grains today, especially with what's been going on. Of course, we know that the scene and the bounce in the corn. We'll talk about the beans. Do you buy? Do you sell? What are some things we need to think about as we get ready to wrap up 2020, or 2019, that is? I'm jumping ahead a year. Darren Fessler joins us today with Lakefront Futures. and I know there's been so much talk about 2020 and what we need to do. Last full trading week because of the holidays that next week as you look at this market the bounce in the corn did it come as a surprise in the trade
1: uh to me so far the bounce off the recent lows here it's not too surprising we typically do see that uh that little bit of a christmas rally in there but we look at the fundamentals of corn and all the uncertainties you know going into you know next year and uncertainties about what the usa will say about the january report you know i I personally think it was a, a probably a decent time to maybe reown some corn down there if you had taken advantage of some basis and wanted to move some corn. And technically it was we were setting ourselves up for a move lord, you know, to retest those September lows. Never really got it. I mean, if trade came in, really sold it off that one day and then the following session we really ran it higher and we really haven't looked back. But now we're starting to find a little bit of resistance where I thought it maybe would be around that 50 and that 100-day moving average call, 390 on the March contract. You know, I think we could probably get a little bit higher levels. I think you're going to have to have a little bit more headlines out there. The market's done what it can do in the short term here. Uh, but, you know, you start getting, you know, much above the 50 and the 100. and So you say, let's say you get closer to 399, 4 bucks, you know, and if you get that ahead of that that January report, it's hard not you know rewarding that in some way if not even now uh, because who knows I, you know the USA has been very very consistent in what they've been telling us the entire year on the on the acres on the yields and granted that could all changed in January I'm just not in the camp right now that uh, they're going to make any drastic uh, measures that and even if they do we already put up let's say you get to that three nine nine four bucks, you've already ran that market almost 30 cents so if they do surprise and you get that market to four bucks, let's say, what's left there to buy? You know, unless it's a big surprise, it, it could be a could be a little bit of a, a warning for the market. And we're going to take back, a step back here, but you know, producer wise, reward it.
0: If you rewind a couple weeks ago, when Stats Canada did, for example, their canola, they took a drop back in what they thought production was. There was a lot of uh, social media chatter that maybe we would start to see maybe the United States say, okay. We know that there's a problem out there. We know that there's a lot of now on-farm field storage. But looking at this January report, I know it's asking you to look ahead into the future. Do we think there might be some readjustments?
1: Yeah, as we've talked numerous times, I think it it really warrants the question, especially in the northern plains where I have customers still in North Dakota that are harvesting 46-pound corn. Uh, That's not necessarily a good thing. And some have, you know, they're going out, they're getting it. But they're going out and getting it, they're getting docked 40 cents. You know, the guys who are just saying, hey, we're going to leave it towards spring. How many How many of those acres out there? Even if we're talking a few hundred thousand, we're still, we're, all these things add up over time. And this has just been a, a, a you know, a difficult year for many. But I think it warrants the question and it probably warrants the USDA to, 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 do, to do make some adjustments. And there's definitely some wiggle room, I think, for the, the acreage and to come lower. I think there's wiggle room for the yield to come lower. And this is on both uh, even probably the, the spring wheat market, which there's still problems in that, uh, and corn and beans, obviously.
0: You talk about wheat, and uh, yesterday when we were talking with Arlen Suderman, he was talking about the, the winter wheat in some areas hasn't even germinated yet. But this is a crop that can die nine times over and still Produce some good numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah, wheat is kind of like a cat nine lives, you know, type of crop. I mean, you can throw a lot at it. Uh, exports have been very, very good. We had marketing year highs uh, as of today, and we also had marketing year highs on corn exports today as well, too. So, you know, if I look at the, the winter wheat market, there is some certain markets around the country, say towards southern Illinois, that St. Louis market there, they really need that quality meat, wheat, and they're going well above the board to, to try to, you know, get farmers to get some of that out of the bins you know, if if they even have it anymore. So there is definitely some concerns in the wheat market. And if you look at Australia and how dry they are, they had some record highs uh, just this week down there. So you add all these things in the wheat market and what it's doing, yeah, there could be some more further upside here. But, you know, as a producer, you still want to try to reward these things as you go and, you know, and just have that proper risk management along the along the way here.
0: You talk about, Darren, Argentina and the struggles that are going on. I haven't heard a lot about what the crops look like, just a lot about the weather and the dryness being there.
1: Yeah, there is, uh, well, Argentina, it's, you know, if you look around Cordoba, Buenos Aires, they they have been relatively dry. The temperatures have been higher than average, but to me, it's uh, it's not something the market has really paid that close of attention to yet. Uh, I, I still think they're trying to uh, absorb a little bit what's going on with some of this, maybe his impeachment stuff, and just some other things ahead of the January report. I think once you get the January report out, these things start really, you know, ramping up here. I think that's something that we're going to have to really pay attention to. Brazil's doing pretty good, though. Brazil's, I think, right now doing beautiful. I could the, the beans look absolutely phenomenal, and I think if they're on this pace right now, I think they're looking at record production.
0: And we know they're closely watching what's happening. We're going to have to dive into this in the second half a little bit more, but they're closely watching uh, the politics that's going on here and the trade negotiations from all avenues.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. The Brazilian producer is obviously watching the U.S. dollar and the real, uh, and the dollar has been backing up here, is been you know obviously good for us. But Brazil still the number one choice for uh, you know China, and you know, we start talking about $40 $50 dollars worth of purchases. You know, whether we get that or not, I guess that's, that's a big question.
0: That's a big number on a piece of paper at this point. Big number. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about as we continue to look at the soybeans. I'll talk a little basis as well. And we'll have some time. We'll jump into what's happening on the livestock side. It is the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Darren Fessler is joining us with Lakefront Future. Stick around. More is coming up. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. welcome back to the here on the rural radio network I'm Susan Littlefield Darren Fessler is joining us with Lakefront Futures we were talking Argentina we're talking China but let's kind of wrap up on Argentina and South America in general because you were saying there's still some interesting factors being worked out with them as their crops grow
1: yeah I mean like I said earlier it's, it's one of those things right now there's not a huge huge concern here in South America I mean obviously once we get past the January report and maybe if the weather starts really acting really funny it, it, you know something the market will pay more closer trade to but you're getting into that that holiday time frame where the markets are just kind of going on break and on vacation more more or less but uh, right now you know I'm I'm watching Brazil weather I mean they're getting plenty of rain uh, now granted if this stuff were to stop I look over at the temp temp anomalies they are getting pretty well above normal here, and it's like that through most of South America. So, you know, right now it's something that we put it in the back burner of our minds. We watch what's going on with our bean prices here. I think a lot of the move that we've seen recently in beans has, one, been a very technical move uh, off, uh, off the January and those March lows, and now we're seeing a little bit of resistance right around that 940 on that March contract. So can we go higher than this? I think there's absolutely a reason why we could go higher, but how much higher? You know, you start thinking about 950, 955, 960, and you know that might be enough to you know really put the put the brakes on the bulls for the time being. And unless you get some verification from there's, you know, there's a lot of dryness coming in, you know, or you know we get something inked mm-hmm. in paper with China. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen with this bean story that could, and even the corn it could get these levels higher than where there are, but Again, you, the, the rallies we've had, they should be rewarded, and you just continue scaling into those things, and and guys will be just fine. There's still going to be an acreage battle here coming uh, next spring, still favoring just a little bit more corn. Uh, still not the crazy high acres on the corn, but uh, beans, I think, have a lot of work to do on that new crop, November 20. They're really convinced the, the heart of the corn-growing reason, hey, let's, let's plant more beans here. I, you know, with all the PP we've had in 19, it's going to be vi- difficult to get – you know those bean acres to be really competitive versus corn
0: it's funny you should mention that because as i've talked to a couple of agronomists in the last couple of days and we're talking about varieties and how things did this year and what they're looking forward to in 2020 so many of them said i'm sold out of beans i'm sold out of beans right now so is it just a, a nebraska thing that we're going to see possibly more bean acres versus corn acres obviously we're not going to know until the planters hit the field but had kind of an interesting thought to be seeing that already
1: yeah i, I think there's Numerous things that could be said on that. I think one is location specific. Uh, if you're looking towards, let's say, western Kansas, where there had been more down corn than probably some areas of the country, yeah, I could see them going to more beans. If you look at the input cost too, that could be another reason. You could look at financing for another reason. Maybe some operations are, you know, having some difficulty getting that financing for corn, and maybe leaves beans the other option. So I think they're that. There's that aspect going on, but at least all the seed dealers I'm talking to, all of them across the scale from Colorado to Ohio, uh, are seeing at least a 10% increase in corn orders. Now, I think that as a whole is probably going to hold true right mm-hmm. now, and I think what changes that, you get that November 20 up closer to that $10 mark, and especially if you can get $9 cash or higher, that would definitely convince some people, to, okay, let's not go as heavy corn let's let's not let's maybe stick to our same rotation or same percentage what we're going to do what you know so right there nine dollar cash i think is the turning point for a lot of producers um but right now you get four dollar plus corn in the iowa illinois the i states man it's uh, i always like to say they lick their chops above four and i don't blame them they All can right. get the yields in that corn
0: basis are we going to see any changes as we get towards 2020
1: uh, right now, I think basis will remain strong. If you have already met your financial needs, uh, there's no reason to really sell here. I mean, outside of maybe some technical resistance or you need the funds, uh, there's no reason to really sell right now. Take advantage of the basis. Maybe lock some of that in because you get some really good basis from now all the way through March. Yeah, it's hard not locking some of that in but as far as you know, setting the price. Yeah, you know, I think there's time for that to shake up here, especially if you you get the four dollars. You maybe put some hedges on, see what that January report does, but lock the base. I think it's going to be strong for some time, but try to take advantage of it somehow.
0: Good things to think about uh, quickly before we have to wrap up. I wanted to jump over to the livestock side. Cattle and feed report coming out tomorrow. Do you expect any excitement for a December report?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not expecting too too much movement there. Uh, cash trade's been very very strong granted you know we are getting some levels i I continue to mention yeah you might want to think about getting some hedges on at these levels but right now it is the trend is your friend it's been kind of neutral uh you get some positive stuff happen from the export side of things i'm not that bearish uh cattle here in general but these things who knows they could really back up if corn decided to ramp up higher
0: a lot of things we know those two are so married to each other Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: 402 366 0423. And they can find me on Twitter as well at DDF Alpha.
0: All right. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. Darren Fessler has been joining us with Lakefront Futures. Catch him tomorrow morning. Social media on Trading Bits and Bites with us. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Get this as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. The Fontanel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.